So the title of this sermon is Don't Let Your Hearts Be Troubled. Pray with me, please. Dear Lord, we thank you once again for the opportunity to come to you in spirit and in truth. We give you honor, grace, and glory, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Let us all say amen. So this is um, the fourth sermon in a series of sermons of the seven next words of Jesus and one more. And we started it off on Easter Sunday with Jesus saying greetings, welcoming the the women as they were going to go see him. He started off with this greetings, greetings his disciples, the women. And then we looked at peace be with you. This is when Jesus went into the locked room with the disciples. And then two weeks ago, we were looking at um, a verse where Jesus was walking with the two men to Emmaus. And he said, what are y'all discussing? Now, we've heard a whole lot of words lately. And the words that I heard last night in a press conference from Texas was thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Our thoughts and prayers are with you. And I was struck because there were about seven white men who got up at that press conference and all of them had some variation of thoughts and prayers. And I thought the difference between the words that those people were saying and thoughts and prayers that we've heard over and over and over again every time a situation like this happens, the difference between what they say and what Jesus says, that when Jesus says something, there's some action behind it. And so today, as we examine, don't let your hearts be troubled, I want to look at the action behind what Jesus actually said. Don't let your hearts be troubled. And why did he say that? Well, to understand why he said it, we've got to look back just a little bit in chapter 13. Now, let me tell you what happened in chapter 13. In chapter 13, near the end of chapter 13, Jesus tells his disciples for about the third or fourth time that he is getting ready to be crucified and he's getting ready to go up to heaven. And his disciples don't believe it. They're saying, Master, what are you saying you're getting ready to go? Where are you going? And Jesus says it again. And so they're pretty upset about this. So when we get to chapter 14, he says to them, don't let your hearts be troubled. Because he's trying to calm them down. But as I said, every time Jesus speaks, there's some action to that speaking. And if you look in your sermon notes, I just want to walk through you what Jesus is doing with this action. There are three things as we dissect these verses from chapter 14, verses 1 through 14. The first thing I want to dissect here is this. This is the first action. Jesus is saying, and he's calming his disciples down, he's saying that a place has been prepared for you. Now, I'm getting ready to go, but a place has been prepared for you. Look at verse 2. In my father's house there are many what? 
dwelling places. And again, some translations, it's many mansions. And if it was not the truth, I wouldn't have told you that. So I'm going to go. Get that place ready for you. And when I go to prepare a place for you, guess what? I'm going to come again. Right. I'm going to come again and take you to myself so that you can be with me. That is the action that Jesus is not only promising, but that Jesus will actually do. Now, let me be clear. This, this mansion that Jesus is talking about is not only in heaven, but this mansion is here on earth. Because our hearts can be not troubled when we remind ourselves that Jesus is in us and Jesus has a place for us. You get mad at work at the old boss. Let's think about the mansion that Jesus has for you and that you can go right now to take some solace there. You're upset about your spouse or your girlfriend or whomever. You can take some solace that Jesus has a mansion for you, not just in the by and by, but right now, because Jesus wants you to be happy in this life. You get upset because your favorite baseball team. Once again, you go there on Friday nights to go see a baseball game, and I'm 0-2. But that's okay. <laughs> because there's a mansion. There's some solace for me. In my house, there are many dwelling places. If it was not so, I wouldn't have told you. Thoughts and prayers versus do not let your hearts be troubled. Now here's the, the next piece. Jesus will help you make sense of this world. Now, so what happened here was, now he's talking to his disciples. And he's talking to his disciples and Philip and Thomas get into a little debate with Jesus. They, you know, they're kind of wondering, well, how is that so? How can this actually happen? I don't understand this. Where are you going? How are you going to come back? All these stuff. He's wanting details. And I got it. I, I want details too. Lord, how is all this going to happen? You're going to go away and then have these mansions and you're going to come back and get us. I don't quite get this. And you're talking about going away, and you, you don't just say, I'm just going to go to the 7-Eleven. You say, I'm going to die. All right. All right. So, so they're having this discussion about how of all of this is happening. They're questioning Jesus about it, which is, I think, legitimate to do. And so Jesus tells them this. This is John 14:6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, what does that mean? If you believe in Jesus, you believe in God. And Jesus came to this earth so that you can make a way for accessing the Father. Because remember, before Jesus came, if you committed a sin, 
You had to do a burnt offering. You had to go to the priest. You had to do all of that stuff to atone for your sins. But now, if you commit sin, no, 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 let me say to you. When I commit sin, well, y'all agreeing on that one, aren't you? I go to Jesus. Father, I have sinned. Jesus, I need your forgiveness. No one can go to the Father, come, come to the Father, except through me. So Jesus helps us make sense of this world. And I know this is a messy world to make sense of. It's interesting, when I wrote the call to worship and then also the devotion this week and also part of the sermon, I wrote about mass shootings, never knowing that by Sunday morning there would be another mass shooting to talk about. Another senseless act. But Jesus can help us make sense of it. Forgive them for they don't know what they do. Not only the person who was shooting the gun, but also all of these spineless politicians who won't do a thing about gun laws. And again, I, I don't know about you, I was just struck by that press conference last night. These seven white guys standing up, thoughts and prayers, we're going to have a service at 5 o'clock at the Baptist church. And not a one of them said, we got to get these weapons off the street. Because that's the problem. So Jesus helps us make sense of it all. And just cut through it. Because if you believe in Jesus, you believe in life. And part of having life is you don't have folks running around with weapons of war. What's more important? This little old Second Amendment or thou shalt not kill. Jesus will help us make sense of the world. Now, the final thing, as we go through these 14 verses that Jesus is trying to do with his disciples, because remember, what he's trying to do with his disciples is the same thing he's trying to do with us. And although these words were spoken before his crucifixion, they are still next words of Jesus, because what Jesus is trying to do is to get us ready to be disciples of him after he's gone. So he's saying, ask and you will receive. Ask and you will receive. And look at this verse 13 and 14, because I want to break this down, because this, this verse sometimes is misconstrued. And it says, I will do whatever you ask in my name. Okay, whatever you ask in my name, I will do. But look at the next part. So that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So you may ask for it, but if it's not glorifying the Father, guess what? Thank you, it won't happen. So yesterday, before the mass shooting, I got up early, and you know what I was watching. I was watching that coronation. 
That was an interesting little thing, wasn't it? And they come in, and, the, and, and Charles comes down the aisle, and here comes Camilla. It was, it, it was a little interesting thing. And Charles said, you know, I come to serve, not to be served. And I imagine that he's gone through that. He's waited 70 years to get the throne. And he's looked at that crown. And he said, when, Lord, when? <laughs> Whatever you ask in my name, so that my father may be glorified in the son. He may have asked for it for, for 70 years. I've been waiting to become king. He probably asked for it many a time. My mama don't know nothing. Give me the crown. But he didn't get it. Whatever you ask for, so that my father may be glorified in the son. Coronation also reminded me of Jesus coming into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey. And you know what happened? He comes into Jerusalem on the back of the donkey. And what happens? The people are shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, God to the highest. And the religious leaders of the day, just like the religious leaders of the day who were at Westminster Abbey, because that was a religious service yesterday that we saw. The religious leaders of that day said, Jesus, will you get your people to shut up? And Jesus said, if they are quiet, the rocks will shout out. So what God wants us to do, what Jesus wants us to do in this tough situation, where you got in Sudan and also in Ukraine, you got fighting going on. Mm -hmm. Where we heard about the mass shooting in Texas, but there were other mass shootings that happened that we just don't even know about. Where folks are just getting mad at other folks, picking up a gun and just shooting them. where we have so much poverty and so much situations where there is need. Mm -hmm. Folks without a home. Mm -hmm. Folks who are strung out on fentanyl. Mm -hmm. And we can go through a laundry list of problems and situations. And that's just in society. Just think about your own life. But what is God telling us? What is Jesus telling us? Do not let your hearts be troubled. Because a troubled heart can't praise God. Okay. A troubled heart can't praise God. So Jesus wants us to shout 
and to be able to shout. And no matter what is going on in our lives, do not let your hearts be troubled. Yesterday, um, Annie and I were privileged to be at the funeral of my first steward pro tem of, of any time I've ever passed at a church. And um, Lubbock Brown. And Brother Brown, not, not that Brother Brown, but Brother Lubbock Brown, but it's nice to always have a Brother Brown in the church. He took uh, a preacher who didn't know anything about being a preacher, because I was fresh, first semester of seminary, and they gave me a church. And, and, and I called him up after the elder told me, okay, call him up. He called me up, and, if, and, and he said, pastor, for the first, first time I had ever heard that associated with my name. And he knew I knew nothing. And he was kind to me and wonderful to me throughout the time I was there. And he was that because he did not let his heart be troubled. He had lived in Philadelphia for a number of years and then took his family from Philadelphia back to Sparta, Georgia to live on a farm. His daughter talked yesterday during the service that they thought he was crazy when they did that. Kind of, kind of, they thought they were doing green acres. But she said, and this is a young lady who went to Georgia Tech, that was the best thing that they could have ever done for us. Do not let your hearts be Because the Lord has good things for all of us. So the question is today, how's your heart? How's your heart? Not, you know, not the nitrodiscaline pills and the, and the statins that I take for my heart, but how's your heart? Don't let your heart be troubled. And so what the Lord wants to do, the Lord wants to be in your heart. Jesus wants to be in your heart. Jesus wants to guide you and help you. So how's your heart? In a few moments, we will pray and give you an opportunity for your heart to get right with God. And as Sister Holson always tells me, there are about three things we can do when we come to this altar, when we open the doors to the church, and doors to the church are always open. Number one, if you have backslidden and you want to come back to the Lord, here's an opportunity to do that. If you just want prayer, because Lord knows we need what? Prayer. We need prayer. If you just need prayer, you can come and pray. And if you want to give your life to Christ, you can do that as well. It's a full service opportunity when we're right down here at the altar. So, if you're looking at us online or listening to this later as part of a podcast and all those sorts of things that we're trying to do, and oh, by the way, you can find, we're, we're putting our sermons and other stuff on our website. Uh, that's www.gbaathens.org. All of those, we're, we're migrating things to that website, so uh, it's available to you to see uh, the, 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 the 
the uh, service itself, plus the program, all of those sorts of things are over there that you can go send to other people as well. Um, so I hope that you would do that. But if you're watching us on that or something like that, let me tell you how to get in touch with us. You can just send me a text or give me a call. My number is 608-358-1309, 608-358-1309. Uh, if you do that, uh, love to do what we've done with lots of people, have a conversation about your faith. Now let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you thanking you for who and what you are. And Lord, as we come to you today, we are so glad that you prepared a place for us. We're so glad that you've helped us make sense of this world. And we're so glad that if we ask for something in your name, and to the glory and honor of your Lord, you will give it to us. So with that, Lord, we're just asking that you come into our lives. You come into my heart. Save me. Give me grace and honor. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let us say amen. Our benediction is a covering of the Lord's grace and goodness until we meet again. And Lord, as we come to you in this benediction, we come to you with the memory of our friend, Brother Stroud, who we will see again. Don't let your heart be troubled. May the grace of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love and fellowship of our Holy Spirit, be with you henceforth now and forevermore. Let us all say, Amen. Amen. Thanks, it's your faithfulness in giving to Greater Bethel that allows us to do the work of the Lord. There are three ways you can give to us. First, you can use Catch App by typing dollar sign Bethel 140. Second, you can give using Giveify, simply at a Greater Bethel Athens. Finally, you can mail your contributions in to Post Office Box 49773, Athens, Georgia 30604. Thank you and blessings.